course, the week that I demand we take off because we all need a break. Wednesday actually win a goddamn game. But we'll talk about it now here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. I took a trip up the road about an hour to Kent Falls Brewing in, I don't think it's actually in Kent, it's some in some other small town in Connecticut. Oh, brewed in Kent, Connecticut. I don't know, the last mile was just a mud hill that I had to do in my car to make Barnside pickup. But I do want to pick up some of their stuff you can't usually find in stores around here. And I have a back pasture, which is a Fodor conditioned lager. So it's basically a lager aged in a giant wood barrel for six months. Uh, it gives it a little bit of barnyard funk on uh, underneath sort of a nice Hell's Lager. Very drinkable. Most of it is already gone. I may need to get another one. Even though we have a one to talk about. And I will be talking about it with First in uh, New Jersey. It's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeffrey. How are you? Um, I have an absolutely really very good beer. Like, fantastic beer. Uh I went fancy. Um, I got uh, one of these $10 main beer company beers. Mm. Uh, and this one is uh, something that I have a very small amount of now, which is Hope. And it says a tiny, beautiful something it's called. So a tiny, beautiful something, glimmer of hope is what I have. And that's what this name of beer is. It's a pale ale, but it tastes like a European kind of uh, pilsner, like a, um, a Czech kind of clean pilsner. It's really, really drinkable. Uh, I'm also almost done with mine too. I'm going to get another one before the end of the show. Out in Massachusetts, our New England owl, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? So uh, I've been on a 13-month bender, and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to uh, come off of that. So I'm going with the old council pop for uh, for the evening. But lest I be forced to be uh, sober and talk about this team, uh, I, I did partake in some uh, Red Dragon, a uh, hybrid uh, indica sativa blend, uh, 18% THC. Um, it was made by crossing uh, South American and Afghani. Uh, it has a sweet and fruity aroma to it. It's known for producing happy and uplifting effects, much higher on the energizing than the calming scale. And uh, uh, many patients choose this strain because it uh, helps relieve symptoms uh, associated with depression and stress. Um, so uh, it's quite delightful. It can induce some paranoia in some users, but uh, I'm well beyond that point. So. <laughs> it's paranoia sweet relief at this point. <laughs> Uh, uh, shit, don't make me paranoid anymore. <laughs> In this episode, we will review an actual win from the Barnsley game, cover the Wednesday news, and preview the upcoming Watford and Cardiff fe- fixtures around the holiday weekend. We'll start with the Barnsley game. Uh, it's been, well, it's only been a little over a week, but time has no meaning anymore. I'm geared up for baseball season. I barely remember this. Jordan Rhodes scored two goals. I think one of them was good, and one of them was uh, uh, Barnsley unforced error. Roughly. Yeah. I mean, I I shouldn't say unforced. Windass uh, carried the defender enough. Yeah, yeah. Palmer. Oh, Palmer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then Wednesday desperately held on in the second half, but actually held on, so... It wasn't as desperate as, as um, it could have been. Sure. Um, so 
I mean, we are going to hit this the wrong way around, but I genuinely thought that um, it felt desperate because we're used to how we usually lose games. Um, but actually, they didn't really do much. And we, we kept the ball pretty well and kept the pressure up and kept the energy up for the first time. They did have uh, to give away a free kick in a bad spot late in the game, but other than that, of course, <laughs> that's yeah. a given. It wasn't. It wasn't completely stress free. I mean, I was sat on the edge, of, literally on the edge of my seat, uh, as the dog was cowering under the sofa as usual. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, what a win! Uh, I, I was I so happy like, with it. Barnsley did not look like a playoff chasing team to me, which I think might be a credit to the Wednesday performance to a certain extent, but. You know, they looked, you know, feisty for the first 15 minutes or so. You know, DK looked especially like a handful. But after that, they kind of settled in. And I thought, uh, I thought Urgahide had another really good game. I thought overall the the organization was good. I thought both Windass and Rhodes put in a good shift up front. I thought they created some pretty good opportunities. I think they deserved a win, frankly, um, all in all. And to go on the road and get a win when like whatever they're not mathematically eliminated yet i don't think any of us are particularly confident but you know you'd say it's something to build on and they have a two-week international break so yeah exactly uh and i think this has come at a good time if we'd lost if we'd lost ahead of the international break i feel like it'd be hard to pick those players off the ground um i'm sure Dharma would still try i feel like that's the case but with that win behind us against the informed team in the league uh it's a massive foundation to build on and now if, He's got two weeks to kind of instill his uh, way of playing. So I think up until that point, he's been kind of kind of firefighting in some respects, right? Because you've got two games a week, mm-hmm. how much training and stuff can you actually instill into that team? And with the heartbreaking losses they've saved, that they've they've kind of faced, uh, I'm I've got like I say, I've got a, a small amount of hope, Jeff. I'm I'm going with the he can't make chicken salad from chicken shit. <laughs> um, I, I I think that I really wasn't that excited. Like we, you, you can't fucking have Barnsley do the double over you on their way up to the Premiership. Like just just to salvage a bit of dignity, if nothing else, that was a great performance. And I think what you guys said is right. That was they were well organized. They they worked really hard. But I mean, even the two goals, uh, Bannon's cross was deflected, which made it go perfectly for Jordan Rhodes. Great play by Rhodes. And then Palmer's pressure was good, but it was also a really kind of an unforced error by, uh, I think it was Anderson for them, um, where he got a little too cute, you know, got clattered into and had the two-on-one, which hilariously, uh, <laughs> apparently Josh Windus will pass to people who are not Joey Pelopesky <laughs> and uh, said them in a load. So well, Windus Jordan Rhodes now up. only eight goals shy of the championship goal scoring record so <laughs> between the overall one right not the season one the overall yeah, one yes yeah yeah i think he's past his third place now right yeah. yeah you could do it in a sheffield wednesday shirt imagine that as a end to his career wednesday it would take some run i'll give you that um so i i put like a as a talking point i wanted to put how he handled uh, daryl dk because you mentioned it earlier on jeff he was a real handful and i feel like these kind of players in the past, uh, the ones that play up front are tricky, strong, fast, tend to usually rip us to pieces. And I thought it was a nice little microcosm of our overall team improvements, the way we handled Daryl DK, because we just kicked 10 lumps of shit out of him for 90 minutes. <laughs> and that doesn't happen. We are that, we're not that team that will, right. will stoop to that level. We're the ones that will let them kick 10 lumps of shit out of us. And to a man, this is why I think it's a, like a microcosm of our, our team, 
I think we all had a go at him by the end of it. Every single guy on that team had kicked him, slammed him, pushed him down. <laughs> it was fucking harsh. But we, there was some there was some American fans that I follow on Twitter that were watching uh, him play uh, just to see how he would do in the upcoming international break, I think, and get this like idea of him. And they were they were genuinely appalled at how DK <laughs> was being treated by Wednesday. And I was so proud of that. <laughs> so many gifts of like, people just slamming him to the floor and like five people pulling him down. It was brilliant. And I, I, I genuinely I, I thought it was it was really entertaining to watch. It was really refreshing to watch. We handled him brilliantly. He was he looked he looked very good. Um and uh we did that by hook or by crook, often by a crook. Um we handled him well. Well, it's like the old uh, American football analogy. They can't call holding on every play. So you just keep fouling him over. I could have called a foul every time. Well, one of our players is likely to cross that line, though, it's and true. end up with a card. It's kind of surprising we didn't. But oh, I think we should have got The Barnsley least... manager claimed they should have had two penalties. So <laughs> He wasn't a happy chap, was he? He was, no, he was, <laughs> he was the, by far the most loudest on that touchline. He was not happy at all. I mean, if you were seeing all the fouls in Delta DK, I can understand why. That was uh, that was crazy. Uh, but they handled their press really well, though. Like, uh, I do have in my notes that we have too many black holes on our team, which is they get the ball and it just dies there or never moves forward. But we were able to get past that first wave of their press to the black hole where it died. But I think once we once we get it past, so giving that, it away at the them, at the center line instead of in your own half. At that exactly, point. exactly. And I, I think that's when you that's what Barnsley's been taking advantage of people. And we did not do that. So, hey, listen, man, I'm I'm rooting. I, I hope you're right and that that the work Darren Moore put in will will pay off. Is um, it not for the under twenty threes this week? <laughs> oh, oh. The, the under 23 has got Kachunga and Izzy Brown on their side. That's probably why they're losing. Izzy Brown <laughs> is available for selection, though, because his red card against uh, Sheffield United does not count for first-team games. We're getting into the new segment here, but if, if, you, if you're getting sent off the under 23, you've got to do problem. You should be anywhere near the first 11. I mean, it's, I mean look, it was, a, it was an off-the-ball incident against Sheffield United. I don't have a real problem with that. Sometimes uh, yeah. you need to, you know, be a little bit of a shit stir. So our highlights are we beat the shit out of some young American kid and we got red carded out of a derby game against the pigs. Uh, and the under 18s <laughs> won 3 0. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Are we already in the new segment? Has that, has that happened? <laughs> I mean, do you want to talk about the Barnsley game? Why? <laughs> no, we've won. Uh, let's yeah, just really, play. again, that's it's dignity. It was, it's just, it would have been such a pile of shit to lose that game. So. I do want to call out as well. Uh, we've called into question the effort and the um, passion and, and and a lot of the things about this this team over the course of the season, uh, with good with good reason. Uh, but it was really nice to see some of the reactions after the final whistle blew. Uh, specifically, Ban uh, looked properly over the moon with it. Uh, Windass uh, Rhodes genuinely chuffed, like they've been working hard on this. Uh, which is good to see. I, I, I think it was some massive, massive um, boost for the confidence too, right? To hold on to a lead after letting one in with the, what, 15 minutes to go, was it? Uh, it's something that we needed desperately. Um, so I'm happy we've got it. And I'm hoping they can kick on, kick on and get some miraculous kind of uh, great escape going in there. Yeah, 
Now we'll talk about the Wednesday news. And there's not a ton of news this week. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, player of the month for March, no surprise, scored a few goals. Nothing much else happened. I think his build-up play has been good too, hasn't it? I think that's what yeah. you've got to give him as well. His, um, his overall game has improved this month. Um, this must be his first player of the month award. I can't imagine him. Maybe the month he had the hat trick against uh, Forest. Forest, yeah. Isn't that the only? Because he did have a little. Month? He did have a little run that month. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, I think he, I think he might have had one other goal that month, but he he just he had a run of games. I think he played five games that month. You know, so maybe. But yeah, no. Point is, it, it was. I don't think any of us would have sat here and said, "Oh, Jordan Rhodes is going to be Player of the Month." But his, it, it is his off the ball has been good. Uh, you know, we're finally giving him that service from out wide, right? We've, we've been trying to do that. The problem is our buildup is so fucking slow that by the time we give service to him, there's people in there. But he's been making it work. Good for him. Pushing Windass up has been a bit of help too. I think putting Windass has got pace next to next to him. Not just pace, but a, a pacey guy that likes to play centrally. Because the pacey guys who tend to have got on the passing side are wingers, and they obviously drift wide. Windus does like to play yeah, central. He's very direct, but he's also cagey with his runs, so he can overlap Rhodes and kind of play off the last shoulder too if Rhodes is holding up. And it's an interesting well, Rhodes hit him combo. With that, uh, over the over the head kick into space uh, yeah, yeah. a couple games ago. Like I, it's it's a partnership that's been working. Let's. I mean, I mean, I'd couple into it though. I mean, Josh Windus, the rough, rough and ready kind of chance that swears at Jolly Pepesti and the uh, the gentleman tucked in shirt of uh, Jordan Rhodes. I um, wonder if they get on off the field too. Other news, we already, I guess we already covered the under 23s and the under 18s. Uh, Revel Morrison will not be uh, playing in a Wednesday shirt this year. He was on yes. trial supposedly, but was not. Uh, not offered a contract and it's past uh, the deadline for him to be registered as a first team player. So yeah, Patty seems overjoyed. Yeah. Another views are not on the list. So uh, fine with that. You can go and jog on for like uh, Is there any other news? Well, so I saw it for, it looks like, uh, I think it was Dom. Some, I think it was Dom at the examiner um, had, had put up a list of guys potentially coming. Oh back yeah, I did actually want to like, pull list. that up and go over um, it. Well, it's from a week ago. That was the last time I saw one. I didn't really see one more recently, but he had estimated that Westwood Shaw, Hutch, uh, Van Aken and Fizz are all somewhere in the range of looking to maybe come back uh, for Friday and everybody else is out you know, a little longer or see you next year. So. I mean, out of those, how many are going to start, do you think? I mean, Westwood, obviously. If if Westwood's fit, he'll start. Um, If Hutch is fit, I'll bet he starts. Um, And I don't, I mean, maybe he doesn't have reason to play Liam Shaw, but I still think Liam Shaw is a great fit for his double pivot. So if I'm Darren Moore, I'm playing Liam Shaw, but we'll see. Can someone explain to me this double pivot? Because this is, I've never heard of this term until very recently, and it was on some American commentary. I think I was listening to it on ESPN. And I've heard it like five times since this past week. What does it mean? So just the term pivot was first used was when they had uh, like sort of a covering defensive midfielder, somebody standing in front of the back four. 
I, I don't think that was the at Chelsea, what they call that, the McAlealy role. Mm-hmm. That was a little before my time really watching. So it's a defensive midfielder. I, I, I missed Right. It's not so just a, I mean, it is a defensive midfielder, but it's a particular kind of defensive midfielder. Comfortable with the ball well. at his feet. Uh, yeah. Right. Somebody who can distribute. Like yeah. Hutchinson can play as a defensive midfielder. Joey Pelopesi can play as a defensive <laughs> midfielder. Who They clear space out. They take people out. But mm. to have the ball and then be able to move it upfield. And when the 4-2-3-1 came into prominence, that was one of the features of having two guys back there who can both play some defense or maybe one that's more of a holder and the other who can be more advanced and move the ball. You know, the advantages of that is that it really fills up the middle. You get potentially two guys in front of a back three um, because the fullbacks will often move up in a four, two, three, one. So that is the other thing I did want to note about uh, the Barnsley game is that Darren Moore was willing to change his tactics and his setup a little bit. I don't think he like vastly changed the way he wanted to play, but he did pick a formation that sort of better suited the personnel that he had. So I, it took me a little bit to kind of get this, but I think you would, if you wanted to get picky, you'd call it a three, four, two, one. Sure. Um, where he had Rhodes above Windass um, and Patterson uh, with Pelopesi and uh, Baz in that double pivot role. Uh but I just consider that a variation of a three, four, three, like, sure. there's three lines, you know, you move in that case, you take your top line and you, you take your wingers and move them in a little bit and you push uh, roads up front. Um, but yeah, you're right, Jeff. It seemed to suit them quite well. They were able to have five at the back um, whenever they needed to. I think Patty either on uh, the group text or on Twitter, you were really noting uh, how far back reach was playing um, for that game. Yeah, again, yeah. I feel like they definitely are keeping him back, which is is allowing the two that are supporting Windass to be a lot more part of the game. And it's it's not... The donut isn't developing as much as it was before that. So I think we're finally figuring out how to um, kind of close up that midfield a little bit and bring people into the game uh, and play. Because, I mean, so often we're just kind of aimlessly trying to get it up and we had no path forward. It was like, there was no, there's no structure to how we were generating. We, we were, we were lumping that ball up. Let's not, you know, that's, we were doing that, but you're right, Pat, you've got, you got Pelopesi and Baz in the middle, and then you've got uh, Windass and Patterson in the middle. So, you know, that, that's basically four guys covering the, the center of the field and that's, and they were all playing pretty narrow. I mean, one would go out if they needed to, but, in general, that's they had that middle locked up pretty well. The Dom article I thought you were referring to was the uh, release or renew one from today, and I did want to go over that with the out-of-contract mm. players and get your guys' takes on whether or not uh, to renew their contracts. So the first one is Kieran Westwood. And as Dom notes, uh, Westwood is willing to stay if the club gets relegated. It's no brainer. Who knew? I want to blow everything up. So, I mean, I See guess ya. it comes down to what he wants in terms of like wages at that point, especially well, if they're relegated. There's also the league, right? Yeah. Like, if we stay up, I think if we stay up, I want to sign Westwood. If we go down, I'd rather turn to the kids. Kids are not good enough. Uh, not, not kids. Yeah, not, <laughs> kids are someone else's not, kids. Have, haven't been so far at the championship level. Let's see 
what they do with Darren Moore at a League One level. Um, they both shown flashes of being able to handle it at the championship level. Um, they, I, you know, again, but I'm I'm blow it up, guys. So Moses Odebajo. I didn't realize he was out of contract. Um, God, I don't think he's been around long enough to be part of the bad changing room. I'd want to blow him up. I don't think he's necessarily done anything too awful. To is I, I would I would stick with him if we're in League One. I would get rid of him if we're in Championship. I don't really care. I agree with all of your last three statements. <laughs> Matt Penny. Patty has yeah, flashed a thumbs down. New, but yeah, I, it just, they, that kid needs to leave and go try somewhere else. Not good enough. Uh, Asaze Urihide. I signed him immediately. Yeah, I, I don't think they can keep him, but like, yeah, he should already be signed. Yeah. Give him anything yes. he wants. Uh, yes. Yus Van Aken. Go. Walk out the door. Don't turn around now. <laughs> I I will say I think that he would play well uh with Darren Moore passing out of the back, but he can't fucking stay healthy and yeah. his his well is poisoned at this club. Tom Lees. He's already been offered a contract extension. Yeah, Red. Despite having one of his better seasons, <laughs> I'm just fed up of seeing him. I, I feel like he would be a good League One center back, is the thing. Yeah, so do I. That's the one I would for up. Keep him if we're down. Okay, I'm fine I with mean, that. I think he still even has his uses at this level, so. He does, but he's got instances. that bad stink about him. I think he's the one that's got the bad stink on. Hmm. He's got the smell of failure. Yeah. Alex Hunt. No, we all, they all do. <laughs> Some are more tinged with it. Though. He's fucking soaked in it. Alex Riddled Hunt, with uh, failure. <laughs> Alex Hunt. Mm, get rid. You think I... If we're gotta... down... Go ahead, Jeff. I think you're about to agree. I think you have to keep him. It's like... like well, we're just... Yeah. So here's the thing. And uh, there was an article. Uh, I think it... I don't think it was at the Examiner. It might have been at the Sheffield Star talking to one of the under-23 players from their double that ended up back in South Africa because he couldn't... I, mean, I think he had work visa issues. But there's also, like, not... You want to create uh, incentive for these young players to get better and know that if they play well, they will get a shot with the first team. And I know Alex Hunt hasn't gotten a huge opportunity this year at the senior level, but... He's shown flashes of capability in the past at this level, and I think he would be a good League One player as well. But even the idea, like, why are you just going to let him go somewhere? And like, you want to create this atmosphere where the you know the players in the under twenty threes and the under eighteens know that if they play well and they get a look in, there could be a future for them at this club. And I think there's value in that. He's not going to take a lot in wages. I think there's value. I think he can also be. I think he can help and be a good squad player in the championship and maybe even a bit of a fulcrum in a lower level if the team goes down. I think it's a no-brainer to offer him. Agree? 
Don't care. He's making faces. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Sam Hutchison. Mm, it's a tricky one. So he has got a bit of stench of failure about him, but he has been he's been useful this season when he's come back. He's a very League One player, isn't he? <laughs> if him and him and Dom Iorfa are your center backs in League One, that's pretty good, right? Iorfa's our only saleable asset. I can see him yeah. going for some money. It was, it was it's a shame that he's in, he's been injured so much, but I could see him being sold uh, because we've coped. There's some him. championship team is going to want him as a yeah. center back or right back, and he'll play a couple million for him if he's healthy. I think I'd take Hutchinson into League One, but not into Championship. Agree. Joey Pelopassi. <laughs> no. I will. Uh, I'll yeah, read, no. <laughs> I'll read what Dom wrote. <laughs> The Dutchman certainly divides opinions among the fan base. Yet Pelopassi has proven himself to be a handy squad player. He's the one guy. He's Dumbhausen. After, <laughs> <laughs> After difficult spells in the past, Pelopassi's recent displays have been much improved. His work ethic and enthusiasm makes him very easy to like, and he could have a key part to play in the run-in. Verdict, renew. God. I actually like Dom. I think he usually knows what he's talking about. I... I think Joey Pelopessi is a fine squad player at some I don't I don't ever want to watch him play football again. Like nothing personal. I just I don't care. League one, league two, right? Just nope. Bye. He's a is a luxury, I don't think is a luxury in the way that Bannon's a luxury but for different reasons. Bannon <laughs> um Bannon's a luxury in the fact that uh, he can be good for ten minutes and be absent for some of the game. Joey Pelopessi is a luxury in the fact that he cannot do anything with the ball at his feet and quite often does bad things with the ball at his feet. I think he's, he's quite, what he brings defensively to the team when he's having a good game, when there was a rare, um, is I can see those benefits. He hassles well, he gets in the way of things, um, but he's an absolute liability when it comes to building attacking play because so often those passes will go astray or he'll give it away. Uh, or he's caught with the ball in possession. It's, for me, it's a definite no. Yeah. And again, theoretically, if you have that double pivot, right, one of the guys can be more defensive, but he can't be a complete zero with the ball the way Pelagassi is. It just yeah. it destroys everything. Is that the list, Jeff? No, and there's more. Kadeem Harris. <sighs> no, go. Not, not, not been good enough. Yeah, I really like Kadeem Harris, but... I want it to work. It didn't work. There's another guy. Stink of failure on him. Get him out of here. Adam Reach. Go! Some observers feel Reach has been a victim of his own success. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it means he had a fluky season. He's now associated with his worldies that we've always reminded him about. Elias and Kachanga. Then... <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me just say I've okay. always been always been high man on Reach. And even with that, it's, it's another guy. He's just, he's ruined. He needs to go. Kachunga, uh, also go, please. Failed yeah, signing. Jordan Rhodes. Right. Go to our number one Jordan Rhodes correspondent, Patty Jones. Oh, man. It's a t- honestly, it's genuinely tough one because I think he's, he's going to end the season strong with us. Um but we, we can't afford his wage. I think realistically, he'll go somewhere where he can keep relatively up with his wages that he's on right now. And I think he'll do fine for them, uh, sadly. 
I actually would like to keep Jordan Rhodes, uh, regardless of what league we're in. I think in League One, he'd be fucking brilliant, but um, I don't think we'll re-sign him. How hey, stupid if- am I? How stupid am I that I want to keep Jordan Rhodes? <laughs> no, listen, if, if his renaissance of the last month has come largely under Darren Moore with playing time, uh, if Darren Moore is putting Jordan Rhodes into a position to succeed and tactically asking his teammates to do the things that help him succeed, then, and if Darren Moore is our manager next year, why the fuck wouldn't you want Jordan Rhodes? He's, I'm down, I'd be down with that in the championship, but you're right. He can't, he would have to take a massive pay cut to make it, you know, doable. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think if we talk about stinking of failure, I think Jordan thinks that we stink of failure and has essentially has ruined his career. Um, so if I was Jordan Rhodes, I'd want to get out. Yeah. We'll get out of this segment and take a break. We come back, we will preview the Cardiff and Watford games. We are back to a two-match week, but we're completely checked out here, so we're just going to combine them into one preview. We have two returning previewers from both Cardiff and Watford. It's Dave and Felix. It's been a while. It's been a whole season. Things haven't gone great for us. They've gone okay for you. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thanks, guys. thanks. Thanks for having us back. Patty, we called, thought... th- Patty called this uh, a playoff preview, and I thought he was very confused about Wednesday's current position. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you've got a bit of everyone, though, haven't you? You've got the relegation battle, Felix. You know, Watford are in the automatic sort of battle, and, and we're looking for the playoffs. So we've got, you know, all all areas of the table covered. Yeah, you really don't want to get invited back, do you, David? <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, promotion from the Owls Americas podcast. <laughs> as far away as possible from Jeffrey Wednesday. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I've been texting Paddy throughout the season, but the fact you guys just keep having this incredible lead, incredible first half, and then you throw it all away week in, week out, and they're just... You know, Friday I'm expecting to go one 0 down and then beat you boys two one. <laughs> it's just the way it's going to be, and it won't be brutal. I, I just your season's been brutal in that respect. Yep. So I brought you both at the same time to not talk about Sheffield Wednesday. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> who is who is your manager nowadays? I forgot. To be uh, yeah, I didn't know either. I, oh. They asked me. I said, "Is it Kike Sanchez Flores again?" It's the only one I can remember. Yeah. Oh, was my, I was. Mm, I was the manager. Uh, so we, we we went for the other uh, Spaniard. We went for Zisco. Um, so, but I will say we're, we've only had two managers this season, so it's actually pretty consistent, you know, for us. Your, your guy is quite interesting too. Just to give him some facts about him, you plucked him out of relative obscurity, right? Pretty much, yeah. So he'd I think had one coaching job beforehand, um, done pretty well, but just they brought him in. They need they we we went defensive with the first manager and then they weren't attacking with the second so they've been playing with a lot more flair um the defense just held up from the first manager rolled in and they've just started scoring goals again so football's definitely been much more exciting to watch um and i think everyone kind of needed that and is happy once again and the results are showing so 
That's the what. Yeah, that's that, the that, that's the Watford way, though, isn't it? Picking managers out of obscurity, like apart from Pearson. Yeah, I, I mean, recent recently, I mean, even but Pearson was kind of cast out, right? He'd been shunned from from all clubs at that stage. So you know, even he was kind of plucked back from obscurity to some some level. Not, not shunned from our club. We didn't want him to manage us. He's telling us to fuck up. <laughs> 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 the best cat to have had in our generation. Fuck off, not one Wednesday. Not Tom Lee's Patty. <laughs> not Tom Lee's. No. I hope he never returns. But what is the no. deal? Your second half collapse. Like, where's the whole you know team talk from the manager? They saying, can't no, actually defend. Is the main. Let's problem. keep it tight. Let's keep it tight. Yeah. Is that since Aiden Flint has left? Well, that's the, that's the, that's one bone of contention I want to pick with you, Dave, because yeah. Aiden Flint went back to you guys because we thought he was yeah. injured, and he started the next <laughs> match much the week after he left us and now he's been ever present hasn't he was that the, he's been was killing that the, it yeah no he's been great i mean that's that's got to be a tactic for us going forward send it to <laughs> sheffield send any players that are doing poorly to sheffield wednesday and they they make them better players because he was like a bit of an outcast at, at cardiff i mean um very you know he's a very slow cumbersome defender i mean he's a beast of a man don't get me wrong but you know since he's come back into the team he's been Giant and even got the winner against Swansea on the the last in the derby, the last game. I mean, he's been immense. I mean, the fact we've gone back to a back five, so his you know deficiencies in pace um, aren't getting exposed as much with the cover that we've got around him. But I did. Was that the reason that you? I thought we called him back. Just just the fact that you did because he was hurt. And I think it turned out you guys. It sounded like you wanted to. Work yeah. with him with your physios, not ours, yeah. which is a great move. Yeah, um, and it got him back into shape, and now playing in the middle of that back three, back five. This was kind of it was too quick though. He didn't even fucking pretend he was injured. He was just like, "Oh, yeah. I'm hurt, Cardiff. Can you come and can I come and come back and train with you guys, please, next week?" Oh, I'm fit again. What a surprise! Did Did you guys even like him? Like, was he uh, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, you did, but, did you? But he was genuinely injured for, for a lot of the time he was with us, so. Right. We assumed he was actually the curse of Sheffield Wednesday and he was injured yeah. for a while. I guess that there was some sort of recall clause in, in his contract, you know, for the loan. And, and then, we, you know, whatever. They said, oh, why you bring up, you know, oh, he's injured. We'll bring him back. He does no seem like a big Mick McCarthy central defender, too. Yeah, well, Mick McCarthy was a was a, was a a unit as well, looking at some of his old school photos. So, so he does seem right up Mick, Mick's alley. Was he, was he the lone player that you guys were kind of putting your hopes on this season? Or Aiden Flint. Flint. No, I'm just I'm, I'm just asking no. because you know this league is all about getting one or two good loan players in to just be able to kind of tick you over those like months and you know we haven't gotten a good loan player in since boys. Ross Barkley so <laughs> <laughs> I guess Connor Wickham the first time maybe yeah then we yeah. ruined him second time Jacob huh? Murphy for four yeah. months yeah. oh yeah yeah um, Aiden Flint was actually he played about four games in a row for us but it was during the yeah. really bad phase for us. Uh, and we lost quite a lot of games, but he was a shining light in most of those losses, whereas yeah. most of our defense was shit. Yeah, well, we we sweetened the deal anyway because we sent um, Patterson back to you, right? No, Patterson we had it from the beginning of the season. Did you? Oh, you had it from yeah. the beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, we should take him back. He's <laughs> a leading scorer, Patty. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't know what his skills are. He's one of those utility players that's yeah. no good anywhere, but will just put an effort in essentially. Yeah, he does put a shift in Patterson. Is a, is a unit anyway. I did see his own goal as well. That was pretty um, comedy, but 
I do like his nickname. Did you know they had a nickname? Uh, or did he have the same nickname at Cardiff? What did you, the Cardiff players call him? Do you know? No, I didn't know he had uh, any nickname. He's got a nickname on Wednesday. It's Horse because he's got a massive dick. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say big butt. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, he's got a big butt too. Yeah, yeah he has got a big butt. But... but yeah, Horse, which is probably the most entertaining thing of our season. Well, I don't know. Uh, I was laughing at Josh Windass effing and blinding at your own team the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shut, shut your fucking mouth I can't believe that not uh, yeah it's a, all, all tragedy not much uh, fun on Wednesday so um, let's go back to Dave do, Dave you're do, do you think there's a like, do you think there's a chance that you guys will scrape and stay in or is it kind of all, all but I don't, all you don't. <laughs> okay. where are I'll you now at the moment some, Second from bottom. Yeah. Second. And how many points do you have safety? Six. Seven. Six. six. And, ooh, that's well, six, it's six seven, and then it's yeah. seven with a game in hand against Darby. Yeah. Too. No one likes games in hand, so you want no, yeah. we don't win them. So what does it really matter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I tell you what, Cardiff though, I've got a pretty good run in, and I think we play um, a few of your you know um, rivals down at the bottom there. I think we can. Dave, do you, want, you want me to lay it out for you? I yeah, go on, lay, it, lay, lay it on the line. What's going you on? You have to play Brentford and Reading out of your eight games left. Reading's not great. Uh, Reading's been struggling. Brentford, Brentford's excellent. After Brentford. that, you have in reverse order of skill here. You have yeah. to play Blackburn and you have yeah. to play Forest. Yeah. But then then you get Wickham Wednesday, Birmingham and Rotherham. Oh, you're going to decide the fucking relegation. <laughs> you, have, you have literally the worst four teams in the league. Yeah, I think our last four games is like Wickham, Rotherham, Birmingham. I think we play as well, uh, yep. and then someone else in the last day. I can't remember who. It is, and, and Justin, you can now reverse the uh, the Watford one, where we were <laughs> the top four to finish the season. Really? I didn't. I didn't bother looking at that. You guys are all set. <laughs> no, you guys are all set. Do you? Do you really? Can, I, can you talk about this manager? Because when I looked him up, just so the Wednesday people hear it too, he. Suddenly became a manager at Dinamo Tbilisi, where he had played. It was the first time he was ever a manager this August. He proceeded to uh, finish the last 11 games of the season with eight wins and win the league title. Their uh, league ends in December because it's uh, the Georgian League, which is obviously in the middle of nowhere and freezing cold. And he comes to uh, Watford. Well, at Watford, uh, he's won 13 games, lost four, drawn two, and is plus 20. Mm-hmm. Like what? It looks like he switched to a four-three-three, and like you said, are just yeah. I mean, he's it's it's definitely gone back to one of those. Uh, he's a players' manager, so he's not far out of the game. I think he had an injury that like ended his career slightly early. Um, he's young; he can still identify with a lot of the team that are in there, and a lot of the youth. Like younger players are the ones that actually have been coming up with the goals recently. So for us, it's not been, you know, normally it's the Ds that have always carried us through this league. He's barely played for us in the last kind of three, four months. So it's been all the younger guys, kind of the Jal Pedros, Saar, that are just coming up with the goods. And for that, he's just one of these guys who's just there cheering, jumping in the huddle, celebrating the goals with them. So it's kind of this complete polar opposite from the last manager that we had into this guy who just wants to be a, a, a player um, and is kind of helping energize that. How they found him, how they pick him, no one has <laughs> any idea. Um, but as you said, I mean, like, 
it's hardly the the managerial breeding ground the Georgian league and you take him after for 11 you know, games half a season exactly so it's kind of just a really like whoever's doing that kind of scouting behind the scenes I have no idea what they're thinking half the time but you know at the end of the day it's it's worked here um so no one's complaining um but yeah, yeah. the Georgian league that's exactly where we you know we, we've gone from the Israeli league with the first manager to the Georgian league so yeah lord knows you, you do look primed for promotion. I feel like we played you the other week and we lost. Um, and I could tell, like, you you, you, got, you guys just looked a, a cut above. I think sometimes the difference between, you know, a, a team that's destined to get promoted is, is just the, the quick thinking of the players. And I noticed that mm-hmm. with the Watford, especially um, they're attacking. Um, like, you know, the, the play, play up front was really, really slick. Um, and I, I was really impressed with with how Watford played. Very, very attacking. Yeah, and we scored our first free kick in five years against yeah. you guys, which was... Yeah. He, he hammered it as well. He hammered it. No, but yeah, no, it's it, it, completely true. It's just this element that's like it's semi-clicking and it's a young team and they've got, you know, that central midfield is just changing with the, the old guard one, you know, not, not playing every single game. So you have Cleverly playing, Chalabar playing, just being able to kind of like settle the nerves of that bit and there's just a lot of youngsters and they're just fired up and know that they're going to go back up so it's just exciting to watch um and and a lot of the teams near the top are slipping i mean you boys yeah. beat swansea norwich drew i think it was before the international break so a lot of the ones up there is you know starting to get that you know may uh, like march april may where you know a few teams will start to crack and others will start to get going so Barnsley lost their last game. Yeah. <laughs> Barnsley so, so, Dave, great. so Dave, what's um, what's uh, Mick McCarthy changed then? Because you were a bit, you were a terrible run before you took over. Yeah, we were we were doing terrible under Neil Harris. I mean, we had a great first season with him, um, where he got us to you know I think we lost in the semi final of the playoffs to to Fulham. Um, I think Mick coming in. I mean, he's like I mean. He wasn't saying that Mick wasn't the first choice from Cardiff fans. You know, it's a bit of an understatement. Um, he's not someone initially um, that we wanted, <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, but as soon as he's come in, I mean, similar to how Neil Warnock came in and sort of galvanised everyone. I mean, Mick is very similar to Neil in that he's all about his man management and just being simple with his tactics and not, you know, overcomplicated things. Just playing players in in their in their you know proper positions and getting them fired up and I think we've really got um, a good um, team ethic there now and um, the I mean we do have a lot of quality in the Cardiff team to start with I mean we've spent a lot of money in the transfer market and we've got players who just came down with us from the Prem and, and have stuck around so the quality was there and I think Mick has just added that extra um, you know team motivation for the players and just getting everyone gelling and, and moving in the same direction. And he's got the fans on board now. I mean, you know, what was it? Seven wins on the bounce would do that um, until we played Watford. And then we, you know, that became a bit unstuck there. But I mean, even after that great run, we're still like four points off the playoffs. So it's very tight up there. Like Justin said, with our run, I'm, I'm hopeful we can, you know, push now, especially with that. I think that Swansea game was key. I think the momentum is going to be, you know, beating our rivals on their own patch. I mean, no one has ever done the double, so it was massive. 
no one's ever won both games out of Cardiff and Swansea. So we didn't want that to be the first. So I think this is going to be a real springboard now to, to see us through to the end of the season. So that, you know what I like when you say with that, though, is, is you guys do have the talented players. Like, mm-hmm. Kiefer Moore is a great footballer. Oh, he's, he's a handful as well. He's an absolute but, unit. Like, if he played for Wednesday, somebody would have put him in the wrong fucking position and not mm-hmm. used it properly. And a guy like McCarthy knows how to use him. He moved Harry Wilson around. He knows how to use a guy like Harry Wilson. Suddenly, mm-hmm. they're optimizing these these players. And that's I think that's that's a great call. Like, that, yeah, and we're still, we're still you know, we've... We've still got those, you know, Neil Warnock traits in our team. I mean, I think we've scored, I can't remember the stat, but we've scored like so many more set pieces than um, the second, you know, team um, who've scored set pieces. So we've still got those. We still throw long throws into the box. We've still got that to our game. You know, we've Sean Morrison would be our Sean second leading scorer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean Morrison, Aidan Flint, Keith Moore. You know, when there's a corner, a throw in, you know, they're coming up against giants in there. So which in the championship is handy to have, especially in this league. doesn't bear well for us. We haven't got many giants in our team. So also we can't guys... handle set pieces. So. No, yeah. no. I'm not confident against either of you guys, if I'm honest with you. Um, so uh, well, we've got Watford first on Friday, uh, which is a terrible time for us in the US. I think it's 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, which and no one gets Friday's good Friday off here. Well, at least I don't. Oh, I Justin do. does. What the fuck School teachers do. School teachers and apparently uh, people that work in merchandise in the Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the demographic. I'll take so, it. <laughs> so, wait, what for first? Um, Felix, what's. Uh, I'm assuming you're predicting an easy win. Are you going for a first half uh, down, second half win for Watford, like you said earlier on? I mean, that seems to be what's happened with you boys every week for the last five games or six games. So I think it's true to reason, yeah, that that's probably going to happen. But I, to be honest, I, I'm curious if Darren Moore's actually finally got a minute with the international break to actually try and get something going with your team because, you know, he's coming in this complete fireman position to just try and salvage the club with, what, there was nine games left now or something like that and you kind of need that break to try and reset and instill some of your own managerial traits i mean doncaster were playoff league one team under him so clearly he was doing something right to at least be able to get that call for you boys um and i'm curious if the team's going to start showing up for him because at this stage you know it's a free hit you've got nothing to lose so We'll see. Been a bit, I, mean, I promise. I think if we'd have yeah. lost against Barnsley, if we lost against Barnsley uh, before the international break, I think we'd have been down in the dumps. And I don't think yeah. the, the players would have um, really responded at all during the international break. But I think that win and the way we won too, it was, it was very strong against uh, obviously local rivals, but also the local rivals, the informed team in the league. Yeah. Uh, it was unexpected on our part. We've looked dead and buried for a long time now, but um, we put the effort in. Yeah, and we sure the like, last 10 minutes were probably I'm sure nerve wracking for you boys when that goal went in, but exactly. I mean, you need something to build on a win before the international breaks some time to instill something in the team, uh, you know? Yeah. It couldn't be a worse game for you guys to go into. You have Watford and then Cardiff, two teams that are both in form near the top of the league, but having two weeks off to be able to train with your team, knowing that, you know, from Watford, there's a few guys that have been missing for the last few weeks. So they're coming back from international break, like trying to get that going. Hey, 
And the championship is a funny league as well. I mean, anyone can. I still think anyone can beat anyone in the championship, much more so than the Prem. I mean, yeah. you know, you look throughout the whole of the championship and there's always some freaky results. So I see no reason why, you know, you can't cause a few upsets. Yeah. I've got a tiny bit of hope. Slid the wrist of hope. I'm, I'm a rare Wednesday out with hope still left. Just do, do, do any of you um, feel that going down would be beneficial at all or... I so we've, we've talked about this a lot and I, I think the sort of consensus is no, we, we don't. Well, no, obviously. Right. Yeah. That, that, that league is a fucking morass. It is. It's it is possible it is. to get out of that league, but it's the whole idea that we'd be okay with going down, resetting the finances, resetting the roster, changing the mentality, giving Darren Moore an opportunity, except this is a team that hasn't at the top had a plan of any sort any sort of long-term vision that makes sense or works for years now. So going down, why would that make things better? You know, it's right. just going to be, we'll be a league below without a fucking plan. <laughs> right. Right. Same sort of scenario. So yeah, the only thing that good that could come out of it is if Chan Siri sells up, if we do go down, if you, if he would do that, I don't think he would, but it's probably more of a possibility that he does try and cut his losses at that point and we get a better owner in. Um, or it shocks him into taking advice from somebody, but I don't yeah. see that happening. No. Or, or, or you end up with a Wigan situation. <laughs> yeah. Better owners. I mean. No, it's, it could get a shit ton worse. I'd rather stay in the championship, if I'm honest with you. Some people do would prefer to go down and get that reset, but I don't think we'll get a reset. Yeah. We're, not, we're not the kind of club that gets resets. Yeah. We're, we're the kind of club that goes out of business from, bad being, from badly management. It can always be, it can always be worse. It's just so crazy because, like, that. I mean, as you said, that 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 League One is so hard to bounce back on that you just see that it's a graveyard of, you know, old Premier League teams that are stuck down that they can't get back, and like some Championship solid teams that have been there for years. And I don't know, going back, going down there is not a place to play around with, um, even if it gets a restart on it. That you've got to get the points however you can to stay up and. You guys were dealt a shit hand to start with, with docked points at the start of the league, and then you've got managers that were coming in the one were just taking a paycheck and not doing anything with Pulis, and you still got a chance. And that's the thing about the championship. But like at this point in the season, everyone's still got a weird chance of you know having a run. Well, Wick- Wickham are done, right? Wickham looked done. Surely, Wickham are done. There's a bit of fighting them now, but yeah, they are pretty much yeah, done. They're still pretty much done. The, the rallying they, a little bit. They've been done since August. Yeah, they've been done. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have started scoring because that's been the biggest thing. You guys just had lots of games where there were just no goals going in. Well, we scored. Hit. We scored last game. That's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I think I think you know, we we are we are scoring more goals. We have been lots of conceding goals as well. Yeah. Uh, but like I say, it's baby. I think it's baby steps, and I think Darren Moore is slowly turning the ship. But the ship is the Suez fucking evergreen uh, canal, so <laughs> it's it's not necessarily going to end well. Right. Well, Jordan Jordan Rhodes is back, right? Justifying his fee. Back. Yeah. We bought him to get us to the Premier League. He's going to save us from relegation. <laughs> I'll take it. It's better like than fucking nothing. I like that this uh, preview has turned into Watford and Cardiff trying to give us a pep talk. I just brought some uh, positive football fans on to give us a pep talk. <laughs> I mean, what did you want us to talk about? You know, like running away into the Premier League again, <laughs> pumping money into a football club, buying, you know, it's just, no. 
wise investments. Even Mick McCarthy's doing well at Cardiff. <laughs> Even Mick McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, guys. Well, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, actually, no, we'll get a prediction from uh, Dave for Cardiff first. Um, what do you think the score's going to be on Monday, Easter Monday? Yeah, Monday. Well, last time I was on this show, I think I was quite confident that we just <laughs> have too much for you. Um, but that was the Neil Harris days. The Mick McCarthy days. I don't know. You've got a lot of our old players, so I don't like... I always think they've got something in their locker. Patterson is going to start, I guess. No? Yes? Um, um, actually, no. Recently, been uh, Windass and Rhodes are kind of top two strikers at the moment. And what about Kadeem Harris? He always... You know, he's an ex-card. He got dropped recently too as well. Uh, he's, okay, he's been so. dropped. Because, I mean, the both... Harris has had a terrible season. His end product's been awful. Yeah. Uh, Patterson... Yeah, that was his problem at Cardiff. Patterson's... Again, I haven't figured out what he's good at yet, but... Um, yeah, I don't yeah. think they'll start. They might get on the bench. I think I, I'll say a draw. I'll say a draw. I think you know that win against that Barnsley, one does feel like Cardiff does feel like a draw to me for some reason. It feels like a draw. It feels like a one-one. Um, we don't draw many games Wednesday. No, they yeah, don't. Well, you know that that'd be a good point for you. <laughs> I think I think we sort of need a bit more now. We'll get into that end of the season. If we come out of this weekend with one point. I think we are pretty much relegated. I think we need a week, at least one win out of the two. Uh, would you agree with that, guys? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think we're relegated, Patty. So <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Justin have already given up. Where so. were you in December? December. <laughs> <laughs> it's only me holding on to any hope. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys, and giving the pep talk. We needed it. No problem. Thanks, guys. Good luck rest of the way. You've been listening to episode 132 of the Owls Americast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumper is by fellow Wednesdayites, Revit and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, how have you spent your international break? Watching international football. Yeah. Any uh, any so, interesting games um, that you enjoyed probably, particularly? Uh, no, I watched uh, both Belgium games and both Scotland games mm. um, and enjoyed um, enjoyed all of them. I don't think there were any great performances, um, but better than World Cup uh, qualifying is kind of like I don't know. It's very boring to me, the way they structure it. Especially early stages. Yeah. It tends to be big teams against small teams. Patty is on Twitter, at New York Owls and at Patty A. Jones. Patty, I know how you spent your international break, but uh, how was the Blantons? It was uh, delicious, Jeff, yeah. Um, I got a nice bottle of bourbon, for people who don't know what Blantons is, and took it to my friend's uh, wedding, uh, which I was groomsman at. Um, it was. It went down very well. Um, they appreciated their, their bourbon. And we drank, I would say, three quarters of a bottle in one evening. And I'm on Twitter, at Jeff Paternastro. And normal service, probably to horrifying defeats, to be recapped, will resume <laughs> next week.